Thanks for tuning in. 99 for One is a podcast of real-life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Now for today's podcast, here's Will Cravens. Welcome back to 99 for One. This is episode 13, and we're going to return today to our search for Ed. Three episodes ago, I had uh, AG and Steven to talk about our third trip to San Diego, where we lived homeless, to find Ed, and that was about February 2016. And then a few months after that, in April, I decided to return for trip four because uh, my wife wanted to go and uh, check it out for herself. And so I have my wife, Sandra, here with us. So welcome, Sandra. Thank you. Sandra, there was something that made that trip unique, uh, which made us uh, have to stay in a hotel. Do you remember what that was? Yes, I do. I was five months pregnant with uh, Skye, our youngest. So I wasn't going to be sleeping on the streets, but I was definitely looking forward to walking them. And I remember when we got there, you were very eager, like, let's find Ed. This is everybody kind of when they go on the trips with me, like, this is going to be the trip. We're going to find him. And so we hit the street early in the morning. You like to walk, and I do remember we walked literally nine miles. And at one point you thought you saw Ed, and it was, right, somebody on a bike? Yeah, it was a guy on a bike that looked just like him, tan, you know, thin. And I got so excited and screamed his name, and he stopped because he saw that, you know, this pregnant woman screaming at him, but uh, it wasn't him. And it was frustrating because you really think this is going to be the trip, you know, I'm going to find him. And yeah, we want we so badly wanted to be him, and that guy did look a lot like Ed. And I do remember the end of that long day of walking. Uh, we hit nine miles. There was no way we were walking nine miles back. And oh no way, my feet, I was done. We got an Uber back to the hotel, called it a night, and the next day we met with uh, a couple. Her name was Kathy, and his name was Bill. Correct. And I had met them on uh, the previous trip with Ag and Steve. And Kathy told me that she actually had begun the feedings that we were um, taking advantage of. Believe it or not, uh, this this one church uh, feeds the homeless in uh, Mariner's Point, Mission Bay area between Ocean Beach and Pacific Beach every day, Monday to Friday. Uh, Salvation Army brings the drinks and their church feeds. And I, I was so inspired that we asked them, can we meet up? So they took us out to dinner, right? That's right, yeah. We ate at a seafood restaurant down on the wharf there. And and I remember we asked her, just tell us a story. And she's, she's talked about the evolution of their, you know, service project. that They wanted to make a difference in the community. So she started with a meal. And then, uh, then they, you know, added more meals before they knew what they were doing Monday to Friday. And at one point when we asked for sort of benchmarks, she, she mentioned that... Uh, the uh, police officer showed up one day and said, hey, we've had some complaints, so we're shutting you down. You're no longer allowed to feed the homeless. You know, what would you do if you were told you can't feed people anymore? She said this doesn't seem, you know, like constitutionally right and hired a lawyer and they sued the city of San Diego. And I, I recall you and I just being inspired by the fact that they won. They won the lawsuit. San Diego uh, Police Department had to rescind the restriction, they'd actually removed, she said, some of the benches uh, to keep the uh, homeless from congregating and sitting there. And they had to put it all back. And they, at that point, carried on feeding the homeless, which they'd been doing for years, even to this point, to today. This this week, as uh, this podcast plays, they're still feeding the homeless five days a week. Pretty inspiring. It was. And it inspired me so much that uh, when I got back home, one of the things that 
I felt led to do was to contact churches in the area, all different denominations, and bring them all together and and serve together at our local Salvation Army because I realized we could do so much more together and make an impact in our community. That's exactly right. And and that kind of leads to us into our weekly question we ask, what about you and me? You actually saw what they were doing and you came home and said, let's make a difference in our community. Yeah, if they're doing that there, I can do that here too. So let's do it. Uh, the danger of listening to this and trying to make our own application is that Gosh, I, I can't do something as extreme as live homeless, but uh, we don't have to necessarily do something extreme. What we have to do is just consider what are the needs in our community and do something rather than nothing. If, if you listened last week uh, to Hector's story, which is unbelievable, the life change of an ex-gang member in East L.A., that started with one Catholic priest asking the same question, what difference can I make? Uh, a lot of us don't even get to that question because we start by making excuses. Uh, one of the things I loved about this trip, trip four, while we didn't find Ed, we didn't make anything major happen, the fact that you were willing to go while you were five months pregnant. It would have been an easy chance to make an excuse and go, I'm not going to walk around and look for a guy. I'm, I'm pregnant. But you didn't. You were actually the one saying, I don't care if I'm pregnant. And you walk nine miles looking for him. Uh, so the question is, what can we do? You know, uh, it doesn't have to be as extreme as Father, Father G out in East L.A. with gang members or living homeless. But who has a significant need that you or I could fulfill? And maybe we could invite other people into it, as you did, Sandra, by inviting other churches or other friends or neighbors uh, to make a difference. So that's pretty much the message, man. 99 for 1 actually signifies leaving the comfort of 99 and going after the 1 leaving comfort to make a difference in even if it's one person's life and that pretty much sums it up you're not going to want to miss next week's podcast where we talk about trip five and i actually returned back to san diego uh, not too long after april we went back in september with myself and a team of seven people who said let's live on the street and look for ed and actually received my first death threat living on the street. So hope you can join us for our next podcast. Thanks for being with us, Sandra. You're welcome. And thanks for tuning in to 99 for One. You've been listening to 99 for One, a podcast of real life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Thanks for listening.